Celebrity Tumor presents Delivery she'd be my memory, and I'd be another someone's memory. I could not understand this as a young child. Ghosts are regrets trespassing in time. And memory? <laughs> That's a funny thing. Memory is the caretaker of time. The violent strokes of a painter clawing at dead moments. So, I will tell you about that time I worked as a courier. I will tell it, and it will linger, filling the black air with questions. These questions will sit on that air unanswered. But that is how memory is. This is what I remember. At first, I went to that other address, pulled up in front of a two-story. A woman in a bathroom stood at the end of the driveway. Her frail body convulsed as she wept. She was holding a small box beyond the house, a treehouse sat, engulfed in tall flames. You could hear fire engines wail through the crackling of the wood. She passed me the package and signed. I got back in the car. A good 40 minutes to that other address, west of Henrico. Short pump, before short pump was short pump, way out. Grandmother had a little organ. She only knew one song, or only played the one song, I never knew which. Cried each time she played it. Storm clouds gathered. The neighborhood was nestled deep within a pine forest, which was odd. You know, 
perfect prefab white picket jobs. You know those cross-hipped ranch styles they did up in the 1940s? A whole cookie-cutter cul-de-sac of them. Very low. He wondered how much air they could hold. Grandmother's song was about pines. Pine trees and dead girls. Half of the driveways were empty. Not strange, midday, most at work. The few cars that sat sad and alone were rusty. I pulled into the crunchy driveway of a pink beige ranch, jerked the emergency brake. Heavy tan drapes hung inside the front windows. The house was neither brand spanking nor decrepit. A few chips in the outside paint to remind you of how many decades it had endured. Memories are shared among the living and the dead, she'd say. Grandmother didn't speak much, but when she did, it was like this. Normal chime from the doorbell. My fingers ran over the rough surface of the button, probably the original. It's like I told you, no idea how I got inside. That memory jumps to an interior. Thing about thunderstorms, she'd claim, was that they were all a body's regrets pent up. A suicide, torrent of sorrow burst forth from a life that couldn't hold it no more. She was a kind lady. Lightning flashes outside. I was standing in a musky living room. Subtle smell of sweaty onions. This is what I remember. That light bounces off the plastic furniture covers, stretching shadows from porcelain knickknacks and glass cabinets. The box has gotten colder since coming inside. My hands are numb. She'd always ask me about where I'd slept the night before, like an interrogation. She had to remember it was right there in her house. Right there with those oranges she was always peeling. Right there, next to her tangerine smile. A door sitting immediately opposite the front door has a needlework panel hanging in its center. The word deliveries is stitched in. I take a step toward it and a mewling rolls from somewhere down the long hall on the right. I start toward the sound. Dust floats through the flashes of lightning in the hallway. Sounds like a nervous cat. Was it grandmother's the day Robert Edkers died? Naturally, there was the song, but also her quivering lip. Just awful. She'd repeat this too much, looking out the window. 
storm throwing little patters at the window. Just awful, she said. I often wondered why people say such things, like saying it pushes it away or buries it. The door at the end of the hall is shut. The knob and door move too easily, slide open like pushing a cobweb aside. Inside the room, the smell subsides. It is warm despite the storm brewing outside. I sit the box on the small bed and call out to inform the owner I am inside the house. This is what I remember. Bobby Edkers died suddenly. An impressive quiet filled every breath that week. Whispers shot out of ordinary mouths and no one looked at each other. I remember that last time we played together. That last time in the pine forest. Dust floats slowly in the room. I pick up a little plastic army man from the dresser. So light it is difficult to put down. It wants to drift. Grandmother in the kitchen, peeling those oranges and muttering, muttering about the pines. Last time me and Bobby Edkers played together, I was real mean to him. Kicked dirt on his army man and chucked a pine cone at his head. I told grandmother about it the week he died. Other things in the room are light too. A baseball takes way too long to hit the floor when I drop it. A missing sock looks like wool, but feels like silk. I wish I'd been nicer to Bobby Edkers. Sound of wood creaking hurt my neck swiveling around. The next room, the room next to this one. I leave this room and its lightness. This room's door doesn't open so easily, like it's lead, bank vault, like there's a very heavy person pushing on the other side. But no one is on the other side once I get it open enough to enter. I was really fond Bobby Edkers. I wanted him to know that. He was a swell kid, that Bobby. I wanted him to know that, and I never told him so. He had a hard life. Would always want to play as far away from his house as we could in those days. His father stank 
and often shouted. Sometimes his father would shout at the lawn, but usually it was at Bobby. He wasn't a nice man. The smell of cotton candy drenches the room in a pink light. Blinding flashes in magenta strobe through thin curtains. The storm is electric. It is too humid in this room, though. Never saw Bobby cry. I cried all the time, but Bobby would get this blank look on his face and stare at the sky like he owned a sadness no one else could afford. A toy gun lay among plastic bullets. It feels heavy in my hands as I feed those bullets into the cylinder. Pregnant clicks beneath my thumb as I spin it. They found Bobby's remains out there. A bed of pine cones under the skull. Grandmother never said Bobby's name out loud. Her lips would quake softly as she looked down on the oranges, pulling the peel away from the pulp, words too shy to emerge from that trembling fissure. Words kept locked away, imprisoned for their sins. The music box on the dresser feels like it is made of marble. Ballerina twirling in a narcotic swamp. Concrete in my hand, gun in the other. Tinny notes scratching at the murky air. A deep groaning sweeps through the house. I hear it from the other end of the house. The air lightens as I step out of the room. Either I become dizzy or the house throws me away from the embroidered door as I walk past it. My body becoming polarity of alike with the center of the house, secretly repelled from that middle room toward the outer walls. Eventually, I make it to the far room. This part of the house is darker. The door to the room is ajar, and a single dim lamp provides the only light from a distant corner of the room. At Bobby's funeral, Grandmother sat in the back pew. She muttered that awful mantra clutching her pearls. Throats choked out staccato sobs, and the sniffles reverberated off the high church ceiling. Long shadows fall from the bed in nightstand. The weak light casts the remaining room in moments of orange. I remember warm hands on my little back, leading me toward Bobby's coffin. The smell of flowers stark against the cool sheen of Bobby's skin. I leaned over that casket and was gently goaded by adult voices 
to say my goodbyes. It hurts my eyes, squinting. This room, like the other two, is a child's room. The small bed and smattering of toys among the deep, tangerine darkness raise goose flesh on my forearms. The box seemed heavier in my hands now. I leaned over his eyes and whispered something awful over the smell of oranges. That groaning moves closer. The hairs on my arm lift when I realize the groaning is my own. I've always wanted to grow old with Robert Edgars. Laugh together about our time in the pines. I mutter his name between the groaning. The light brightens. Organ music seeps from the walls, enveloping his name. The lamp bulb explodes in a fountain of sparks. The room for a single brilliant beat becomes a Polaroid. All the light and color paralyzed in an ephemeral blaze. My feet retrace their way backward out of the boys' room and back into the hall. It is hard to hold the box now because my hands are shaking. The door opposite the front is ajar. I call out again to alert the owner I am inside and wish to deliver this small parcel. A crack of thunder replies. That door leads to a central kitchen. Placing the box atop the dusty dinner table, I look around until my eyes fall on a counter with a lonely clipboard. My hands are empty and no longer hold the clipboard. I couldn't remember if I'd brought it inside with me or not, or if I'd set it down in one of the rooms. The paper clipped to it had all the details, signatures, and addresses from earlier in the day, but with one addition. I read the name, Etkers, scrawled in unpracticed lines. I read this name through the smell of freshly peeled oranges and melodies of pine.
Delivery is a podcast distributed by Celebrity Tumor and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share alike international license. For information pertaining to the episodes, cast list and attributions, please visit deliverypodcast.com.